It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Welcome back to a Wet Your Whistle Wednesday here at El Bait Shop. It is now the Cyclone Insider program with the Des Moines Register. My friends Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch join me here at the establishment. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I think we're half sick. You guys, it, uh, you guys have been sitting here for 15 minutes, and all it is is these two coughing. You ought to heard us coming back in the car My God. Night. And we don't have the little cough buttons like we do at the station either. So if you hear a bunch of people coughing, it's the register guy. That's like our video. It's raw. <laughs> How are you, Birch? We, we, we have come just to get you sick. Don't get me sick. I got my big, uh, I got my big game coming up on Saturday. Who do they play? Who do they play? Saints, man. Viking yep. Saints. Oh, cool. Is it on Saturday or Sunday? Um, it is on Sunday afternoon, so I'm going up after the game. I'll watch I'll do cover Iowa State Baylor. It's the playoffs, right? Yes. Randy, what is wrong with you? It's. I remember. See, I remember watching the Blair Walsh game. See, I I contemplated going up to Minnesota that year, but I was thinking, man, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna soak up the the sights and sounds of Good Sons, which thank God I did because. I can't imagine freezing to death and dying like you guys did. It wasn't that watching, bad. I mean, watching it, that heartbreak. The heartbreak watched, was by far the worst part. It really wasn't that cold. Yeah, I mean, it, but I saw I saw pictures of your guys' beer and, like, frozen. Yeah, I mean, uh, the craziest part of that game was your cell phone just died. Yeah. The second, like, your cell phone hit that air, boom, out. Sucked the battery right I, out. See, I can't do that. It was wild. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, d- please don't get me sick. Um, Cyclone Insider here with the Des Moines Register. Uh, we're on until 6, then we'll throw it up to Ames, and that will be um, Rich Fellingham and I believe Molly Parrott tonight with the call of Iowa State this, women. This is Rich Fellingham's last season. It is Rich Fellingham's last season. Uh, he's you, the uh, godfather of women's basketball. You know right he is the only play-by-play guy that they've had for Iowa State women's basketball. Is he, he really was, the he only He was one? the first wow. one that well, they he, hired. Yeah, He's a... That that is a really long streak of doing that. I mean, that's really cool. Uh, they they've honored him a couple times up there, and it, yeah. it'll be a, a fun stretch run, hopefully for Rich. Uh, so yeah, he'll take the mic. It, it's six. We're here until then. Uh, where these gentlemen were uh, lucky enough, and uh, I mean, anytime you get to cover a game at Allen Fieldhouse, I mean, it's it's like. It's the Taj Mahal of college basketball, in my opinion. Now, there's some great stuff on the East Coast that's really awesome, and Rupp Arena and whatnot. But, Randy, I mean, it's a it's a pretty special place to cover a game. And the Cyclones, despite the loss, they really competed last night. It is a special place to cover a game, knowing that Wilt Chamberlain played there, knowing that, you know, all the, all the you know, Danny Manning, um, Lindell Wigginton, um, you know, he was the best player on the floor last night. He was better than Graham? He was better. Graham struggled he, last night. He was better than Graham, yeah. I, was Graham yeah. healthy, though? I mean, uh, there were a couple of times where his ankle looked I know. a little. I was, I know one of their their strength person. I know I know Andrea real well. I mean, you always see me talking to her before the games and stuff. And yeah, he, She's he, a go-getter. She, I, yeah, she's great. I mean, it's like we've, she's awesome. we've both been around this league for years. I mean, I, mean, I love her. She's good. Um, um, and... And yeah, he, I mean, he, he wasn't healthy 100%, but nonetheless, um, Linda Wigginton was the best player on the floor. And when's the last, when's the last time that's happened? An Iowa State freshman, freshman, first game in Allen Fieldhouse is the best player on the floor. 
that's pretty incredible. That it's it's off the charts. I mean, I was started to look that up today, and I didn't know exactly how to quantify it. Usually, but, uh, usually a lot of those freshmen we were kind of talking about this before get overwhelmed by you know the bright lights, the big settings, and all that stuff. But Lindell Wigington, you know, playing at Oak Hill Academy, he's he's been through the ringer before. He's played plenty of big games, plenty of you know big arenas, plenty of. Uh, you know, bright lights, and I mean, if there's one thing we've noticed about Lindell, it's kind of when the lights have shined brightest, that's when we've seen him at his best so far this season, you know, the yeah, Iowa absolutely. game, the UNI game, yeah. outside of, you know, the start of Big 12 playing, just kind of the start of, you know, the season too, but he he's kind of shown that when there's a lot of attention on that game, he rises to the occasion. Let me ask you guys this, because, you know, I mean, I, I come at things differently than you do. I run a fan site. You guys are reporting for the Des Moines Register. But, like, their own four, the middle two games drove me crazy because they should have won them, the overtime games. And if, if Wigginton's just decent in those two games, they, they win. But at the end of the day, they're still 0-4. So sure. it's like, see, the way I see it, it's like they are – like, you've seen a vast improvement from Kansas State to where they were last night. And if they play like they did last night, they're going to win some games down the stretch, and they're probably going to beat some teams that they're not supposed to, according to the odds makers. But overall, though, Randy, how do you analyze the first four games? I analyze them like this. The, the Kansas State game was a no-show, okay? Yeah. They, they didn't show up. I didn't either. But, I mean, they didn't show up. <laughs> I was in Memphis. They didn't with you. They, they, they weren't there. Um, but the other three games... Steve Prome, you know, I've seen people being critical of Steve Prome, you know, uh, uh, this, throughout this losing streak. But what's, a, what's the definition of a coach? The definition of a coach is to put your team in position to win in the last five minutes of games. You tell me, one game of the last three yeah. against, against Texas, Oklahoma State, and Kansas, when Steve Prome did not put his team in position yeah, right to win yeah. in the last five minutes. At that point in time the players take over his players let him down they don't have they don't have the the go-to guy there's not a leader on this team um there's no naz to pull everybody together there's no george to pull everybody together you you make a good point it's like there's not an alpha male on that team i mean there are guys that you think okay maybe I think there's could, guys who could be, but they're just not there yet. Yeah, they just haven't done it before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could say, yeah, Donovan Jackson's been it, in that role. He's, he's, not knocked, that he's, he's knocked down a big shot before at Kansas, but he's not the guy that you're like, okay, it's crunch time, it's the end of the game, we got to get the ball to him, or he's the guy that can just completely take over the the game at the, at the end there in crunch I, time. There's not just that one guy yet. It's like we said, there are a few different guys. When you look around the room, you're like, okay, Maybe it could be that guy. It might be Lindell Wigington at some point, but right yeah, now he's now. just too Maybe inconsistent a, right now. Yeah, I think he'd like it to be Wyler Babb step up yeah. and be that guy. He's got his own problems, though. I mean, he's running a point for the first time in his life. He's, he's got tenderliness yeah. in his right knee. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got his own set of problems going on. So there are no leaders on this team. There's no go-to guy. There's no Alan Lazard. There's no Butler who can catch a third-down pass over the middle. There's nobody that's going to get you a bucket a key bucket late in the game. What in the world against Oklahoma State was was um, Donovan Jackson doing not shooting until 19 seconds to go in the overtime? He didn't take a shot. 
until 19 seconds to go in the overtime, and that was just a runner that I thought had actually the ball slipped out of his hand. They counted it as a shot. Why isn't he shooting? He's your leading scorer on the team. Why isn't he shooting? They have no leader. And so yeah. Going into the season, you had to know that there were going to be moments like this because you're asking so many people to do things that they haven't done before. You're asking Donovan Jackson to be the guy at times when he hasn't. Now you're asking Nick Weiler Bab to run the point guard spot when he hadn't done that before this season. You're asking uh, guys like Lindell Wigginton and uh, um, you know Cameron Lard to be clutch in big situations, playing games when they haven't even played a minute in college basketball. And that's why I see it a lot like the Iowa State football season last season yeah. where you have so many young guys, so many guys. I mean, look at last season where – at the end of the games, you had you had Jacob Park in there for key uh, moments and drives when he had never been in that situation before. You knew he had the potential and the ability to be able to guide that team, along with a ton of young guys too. But you know, early on in the season, it was a massive struggle for those guys, which it is for these guys now. At the, at this point, what you kind of hope is you see that kind of long-term payoff at the end of the season that you saw with football last season where kind of those last few weeks they kind of get some cohesiveness some kind of get in sync get some confidence and figure out what they need to be doing where they can win you those games and, uh, but it's like we said there are going to be a tons there are going to be tons of bumps and bruises along the way randy in your in your years of covering the sport is the Late game issues, you know, Iowa State's lack of an ability to close some of these deals. Is that consistent with what you've seen over the years of uh, inexperienced team? Do those type of Of teams, an inexperienced team? Yeah. yeah. Do they have problems with that traditionally yeah, in your yeah, mind? Yeah, it is. It is because um, Iowa State hasn't in the past because they've always had, you know. They've always had like two or three seniors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've always had George. But in teams – that I've seen, you know, not recent Iowa State teams, but yeah, in teams that you've seen in the past, yeah, there there have been close, there have been finishing problems, um, and it all goes back to to just like what we were talking about. There's nobody that's gonna that says give me the ball and 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 you know take things over and be the leader. It, it's that team's lacking that right now. But like I said, Prom is putting. He's got him in position to win. They're just not going to go. They're just not going out and winning it. Even the most experienced teams that have been in those situations and had success in the past, it's it's not easy to do. I mean, you went through a period of time where even you know I uh, there were a stretch of two or three games where they put the ball in George Niang's hands at the end of games and and he couldn't finish off some games. I mean. You, that was the exception. Yeah, right? but but, yeah, but, but I'm saying were, it happened. That's even an experienced group yeah. right there, and I mean it. It just shows just how difficult it is to be able to close out games. And when you're a young team, you're an ex- inexperienced team, and you're learning on the fly, and then you're having to go into places like Fog Allen Fieldhouse. It's a hundred times more difficult. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. Five one five two eight four five nine six six. We are live tonight. If you guys want to chime in and. And talk with us at Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 and KXNO. I, Go ahead, Dream. And also about last night's game, um, the the Iowa State's bench, okay, the bench, the reserves, c- combined for um, one for seven. No, yeah, two points. Oh for seven. They had one point, didn't they? A free throw. Was there a, ba- was there a basket? No, Hans Brace had Hans a Hans Brace goal. made a shot. 
they, they were one for Solomon seven. Solomon had one point. They in, were one for – yeah. They yeah were, but, Solomon had one point and he started. They were one for seven. The bench was one for seven and, and a whopping two points. Even though you didn't Please. get the scoring production that you wanted out of Hans there uh, throughout the game, I still think you got tons of positive things with him in terms of offensive rebounding, how many, you know, possessions – did he keep alive there at the end of uh, at the yeah, end of no, games? I, I where agree. That's his preferred lineup. He had yeah. a turnover there at the end too, though. He did yeah. have a costly turnover. Yeah. But you know, I mean, the crazy thing, Randy and I were talking about this too, is when you go back and look. Now Jeff Beverly has gone from starter to just he's not even they playing play, anymore. They didn't play now. Tally didn't huh? play much in the second. Prom half. does that though. We saw him do that last year with Merle Holden. Just gonna say but that. You, yeah, like he he started all those games and. And then he just got benched, and he it was never really heard matter. from him, he was, other than the Oklahoma game. He well, then the I think at the NCAA tournament, then towards the was it at the end of the year, we started seeing a little bit more of. That, uh, I thought that was Bowie. That was Bowie. That was Bowie. Yeah, we yeah that was Bowie. Bowie yeah. actually contributed a lot towards yeah. the end of last year. Yeah, I it, just don't think Beverly's going to be that. It guy. It looks like Beverly was keeping was keeping um, um, Cameron Large's place warm on the. On the floor until Cameron Mart figured it out, and he's still got a lot to figure out. But he's going to be good. God, he's good. He's uh, got you know, so much talent. He does. He just will do things out there, and you're just like, you can't yeah. teach that, man. I know. He's and then got, he'll lose his mind I'm for a couple plays. <laughs> I was just going to say that he's got. He'll go into the Deontay Burton. I was doing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at the synergy. It's like the it, way advanced statistics and stuff. Man, if you. Make sure you've got a cup of coffee in two hours because you're just going to go down a rabbit hole with it. I looked at your stats that that you had compiled, and to me the craziest one where was uh, the one where you know Iowa State has so much you know trouble when the shot clock kind of drains yeah. down there. My problem is, hey, you know, yeah, you don't want the shot clock consistently draining down there at the end. But I think the the big issue with Iowa State is kind of finding that middle ground where so many times they you know they go up the court and it's just that first shot and it's not even a good look too it's just yeah. I think they have that mindset so much like okay we got to play fast we got to play fast we got to play fast first look they get even if it's not a good one they get it, you know yeah, they take they're they're terrible in the half court I mean they're yeah. just not a good half court team but the one thing that they are good at back to lard real quick and I thought this was fascinating Lard is like in the top ninety-five percent of pick and roll players in the country right now. Like he he he's off the charts efficient in the pick and roll game. He's hitting something like sixty-five percent of field goals off the pick and roll. And I just think that you know is we, we talked a lot about this team in transition versus half court and all that stuff and how it's such a big deal for Prome. But I think something's developing there. Yeah. Where like Lard in the half court. But the problem is you can't have a guy like Zoran Talley chucking threes every time he gets it, right? Like they've got to mature into the guys who are going to do it. It's a nice talking. option to have. I just Iowa State fans and 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 Prome, they've all been working. Prome's been working on it. They need to get Lard to defend the pick and roll. Oh yeah, that's well, that's, his defense is another story. Right. It's really yeah. good when it's around the basket, but when he's got to come out, it's bad. It, yeah. Don't even. I mean, he had some last night. He gave up a couple threes. Right. You know, like just poor or, he, but he wasn't even close, no. too. Yeah, he just got lazy with his closeouts. That's uh, he man, he is, he is such a little puppy out there though. Like you just yeah. you you can't wait to watch him. I, I mean, I think me, that's why you see kind of the frustration at times with Steve Prome, where you oh, know, he, it's like, Steve looked frustrated last yeah. night. I mean, even though that they probably play better than most anybody thought they were going to, you could tell at the end and that 
ESPN had some great camera shots, and he's yeah, just I losing saw him his mind. Morning. I saw him. Yeah. You know, you know, this is inside baseball. Or it's okay. In this, in this case, basketball. This is Cyclone Insider. But, but Monday afternoon, after Prom's press conference, you got to be part of, it was interesting, you were part of, of Travis and I travel, you know, and, yeah. and we have those those half-hour conversations, you know, off the record, just yeah. just yeah. BSing with Prom all the time. You were in on that too, wasn't that? Wasn't that interesting? Uh, he's, it man, was riveting. I thought it Prom's, was, and it was riveting. Did you, did you agree with me on this? I thought Prom's press conference on Monday was one of the best co- press conferences I've ever covered. Yeah, it was good. It was like he was doing therapy up there, right? Talking about the like he's just like, you know, like I asked him like, do you think the Big 12's the best you've seen it this year? And, and he'd go off on like some deal, and five minutes later he's breaking down like, yeah. Lindell Wigington and because like that's what he's been doing. Oh, it's great. I mean, he's been up at he's, he told me once that he gets up at three o'clock in the morning and can't get back to sleep, so he just he's you know he's like film. Fred. He's like Fred. He goes downstairs and watches film. Yeah, I mean, so um, I don't know. Like, I guess my question is to you guys to kind of come full circle, and then uh, then uh, we'll, I believe we have some calls. We'll take some calls here. Are we being hard enough on them? Because I keep having people tell me like, oh, you're. Will Williams, when did you become all about moral victories and all this crap? And I'm like, well, like, one, I never thought they'd go to the NCAA tournament. Two, when you're 0-3 going to Allen Fieldhouse as a 17-point underdog, I do think you can take some positives out of how they played last night and not be a total homer. We're four games into the conference season. It's too early to be too hard or too... um, easy on them. I think it's too... You, you could be too hard on them at times. I mean, if there were higher expectations. Well, but the, I think, those middle two I think, games, yeah. I thought, deserved a lot yeah, of criticism. Yeah, that, that first game, for sure. Oh, yeah, and that one, they just, like Randy said, they no-showed. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I think any realistic person went into the season saying, hey, this is a distinct possibility. This is a route that they may go. This is how things may transpire for them. I... If if anything, I don't think any of us went into um, this game thinking, "Hey, Iowa State may legitimately um, uh, win at Fog Allen." That was uh, as Steve Dace used to call the "Rake Your Lawn Saturday" games. That's yeah. what I had last night's basketball game as. Like, if I, anybody th- thinks that we're not hard enough on Iowa State men's basketball, please remember they they must be forgetting that they lost four starters. They must be. Dude, they lost eighty-three percent of their scoring. Exactly. They must be forgetting that. They must be forgetting the fact that they lost seventy-six points among the starters, just the starters only from last year's team at 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 Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Please. It's a transition (coughs) year. It just is. I mean. Sorry. And they. Yeah. And then I I think something that's been under talked about for next year is Shyock and. Jacobs. Oh. You know, like, I, we've paid a lot of attention to the top 20 recruiting class coming in, but those two guys will make more of an impact. Trump loves Jacobson. Yeah. I mean, I mean we all know Shayok's. I'd like to Shayok's see Jacobson the, because when I yeah. saw him at Nebraska, I didn't think he was that great. I know. But, like, Prome loves him. He thinks and, he's and, great. And, and we all know Shayok's probably the best the best player on the roster right now. I think he is. He's, I mean, active roster, inactive roster, whatever. Yeah. He's the best player on the roster, and which says something. So, so. And 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 Prom, like he was telling us on Monday afternoon after everybody left, just when three of us are there, he likes Jacobson. Yeah, too. he loves. Him. I mean, Jacobson is starting. I mean, he essentially said that Jacobson yeah. will be in the starting lineup. Yep. So, yeah. which kind of surprised me. I thought he'd be a role player. I so. think in the Korean scheme of things, there are just so many people that 
probably knew there were, it, it was going to be a tough season, but probably didn't want to fully accept and fully admit it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Uh, we do have a couple phone calls here, 515-284-5966. We have one phone call, that is. Uh, what, Jim, on the program? Jim, welcome to Cyclone Insider. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate uh, Like your talk. Thank you. Week. Uh, just one thing I wanted to point out to you guys, and I, I kind of like watching the Iowa State men's basketball team when they huddle up uh, before free throws or at plays, fouls, whatever. And I'm starting to notice more of these shooters starting to take more of a starting to talk in the huddle, such as Cameron Lard, such as Lindell Wiggington. I noticed both those guys talking more in the huddle about this is going on and this is what we need to do. You know, and I'm seeing that from uh, Donovan Jackson, too. I think those are going to be your guys that are going to need to shoot it in the last minute or two of a game. And I think we're going to see them go to them more and more to get that done. Yeah, I do, too. Pass that on. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think think the evolution of freshmen, you know. Yeah, it just takes time. I mean, God, they're all still learning to play with each other. I mean, and and think about how many guys have been dinged up and injured, and too, you know, where – it's kind of um, kind of halted that cohesiveness part too. But you know, talking about the the end of the games, I mean, man, there are probably three guys that you feel really comfortable, you know, at least semi comfortable with having the ball right now, and that's got to be, you know, Jackson, Wigington, and Bab, right? I, without question. And for what the Jim's observations is saying that um, that among the three players talking in the huddle are. Um, Wigginton and Lard, what's that tell you? They're freshmen. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, no, that, that Shouldn't is Shouldn't that be coming from well, you'd think, other but leadership? But there's the not that is, much experience like guys, out there either. Yeah, the, the thing is, they yeah. may be experienced in years, but they haven't played much. Yeah. Like Donovan was, you know, he wasn't one of the guys last year. He was no. a nice role player, but yeah. he wasn't one of the ones barking in a huddle. He's never been a leader before. Bab, gotta, Bab seems like he can be that guy. But he's not. I don't know if yeah. Jackson yeah, th- wants even, to be that Nick, guy. Even Nick, like, Nick, that's just really not his personality right. to be yelling at. I mean, yeah. like, with George and Naz, it was so natural. It was never natural for Matt Thomas. And Matt right. Thomas was never that guy. And he could have been, but yeah. it, it wasn't. Yeah, you're yeah, right. And Monte had to grow into the role. Monte yeah. wasn't that guy at first, and he was when he and left. And it wasn't Nader either. It wasn't Burton. No. It wasn't Jamil McKay. I don't think it was really ever Deontay Garrett, you know, if you want to go no, back No, if you want to go back that far, yeah, yeah you're right. Deontay was a four-year guy who never really yeah. – I know that Fred that last year really wanted him to take over that role. Yeah. While he did on the floor, it wasn't really his personality. So, it, well, listen, this is the last thing I'll say, um, um, and then we'll take this call here from Julie. I just think that the – what you're set up for the rest of the winter is if your expectations were in check at the beginning – you're going to have a fun winner right? because these guys are going to keep – like last night, that game quietly surprised me, and I really had a good time watching it. It was a fun game to watch. However, if your expectations were out of whack and you thought they are going to be a five seed this year, then you're going to be pissed off. That game probably epitomizes just how the season's probably going to go. Like, I think so. There's going to be so much excitement. You're going to ride so many waves of, of happiness and see some glimpses of, of potential and all that stuff. But on the other hand, you're going to see a lot of frustration like that last 340 in the game where Iowa State just couldn't seem to get One out of its own way. The field. One for seven Iowa State was in that last 340. One for seven. Um, um, Kansas, four for five. That pretty much tells yeah, you right there. There you go. That's the game. Uh, Julie, welcome to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. 
Um, I had a question about the yourself that you really talked about, the post excited about. He's a transfer, so he has to sit out this year, right? Correct. And then what about the other guy? What He has to sit out a year, too? Yeah, he's a transfer as well. But was he here part of the year last year? No. No. Oh. Uh, Shyock and uh, Shyock came from Virginia. Jacobson comes from Nebraska. They both committed to Iowa State in the offseason. Oh, okay. So I'm just remembering from Cap City, and he was good. Yeah, yeah. he was there at Cap yeah. City. They, were, they played in the Cap City. But that, yeah, yeah they, uh, yeah. but they still have to sit out that transfer year. Hey, I wanted to comment, too, while I was waiting um, to go on air. I was here to talk about the leader on the floor, and I definitely think there needs to be the vocal leader. I think um, I think even with Monte, you know, like it wasn't his, um, it wasn't in his nature like it was Mads and George. Like that's just what they did. But Monte, I think, was a good enough pupil of the game that he knew he had to do it, so he stepped into that role. But even if he wasn't natural at it, what he brought to the court was calm. And I think even if we just had that, and I think maybe Wyler Babble that but i don't think he'll ever be the real vocal he's not a vocal player jules he's he's not um um he's been he's been marvelous the last two games he's been one or two something or others away from a triple double yeah um the very most he almost had a quadruple double yeah i know the turnovers the turnovers (laughs) but uh, yeah heinz and i were talking about that yeah but that's that's true but but julie you bring up you bring up a great point there is there is no Naz, you said, you talked about about Monte last year. I, I, you, you know, I like you. I, I got to disagree. It was, it was, it was, it was Naz um, last year. I mean, there were right. it was he was, I, and it was even Naz a year before that when Naz was sitting the bench. He was the leader right. on that team. I got the, so much, but I still think there's something about when Monte would be on the court. Yeah. Even though he wasn't the leader, like he he would lead by. Calming the the nerves of the others, where they could not miss four out of five shots. The, the, it seemed like he just kind of calmed them. Not maybe the vocal leader, but his presence was would stop some of the chaos that's happening here. Well, and the thing about what Monte Morris offered last season that Iowa State just doesn't have this season is just sheer experience even though he Thanks wasn't going to be the oh my god yell rah rah yeah. you know spirited leader guys are naturally going to be drawn to him want to follow him have faith in him just because he's been through the ringer he's been around the block he knows what he's doing right now when you look around that room it's got to be difficult for some guys to be like oh yeah that's that's the guy we need to be drawn to because he's he's been around for so long i mean we talked about Wyler Babb and Donovan Jackson, these guys were role players a year ago. Now you're not only asking them to have huge roles on the court, but then off the court too, where I'm sure for part of those guys, it's hard for them to justify, hey, listen to me, look at me, uh, follow me, when they don't have the street cred or you know the resume that those guys had. That's a good point. Let's simplify this. Let's just make this real simple. I know we get paid to overthink things, but let's make it real simple. If this team, you know, the last few teams, they had many team meetings when when stuff wasn't going well, okay? Who's the guy on this team that says, we're going to have a team meeting? Bab. Maybe. Okay, there you go. Maybe. Maybe. You don't know. Oh, you're right. 
There is nobody. Well, I mean, right now, you? right now, probably the guy to to say it. Like, man, maybe you guys need to get together and huddle. You know, this this is a point where probably Steve Prome kind of puts a bug in somebody's ear and says, "Hey, you I, got you got to be the one to do this." I got a great text today from mutual friend of ours, Brian Lazier. Yeah, and he goes, "We really need to get uh, people to quit comparing Wilder Bab to Monte." Oh, exactly. Like there, there's no, they're different. He's saying if you're gonna compare him to anybody, it's got to be DG, like because that's the type. He's more of that type of player. But like, it, do you do you guys have any idea how unfair it is to any time you're gonna compare a guy who's played point guard for 12 games to the greatest in the history of Iowa I haven't State? heard anybody compare oh, them. I get it all the time. Really? I mean, compare them, well, compare well, them on the floor. Yeah. I mean, compare them as far as what they do on the floor. Now the leadership, you know, we've been comparing them for the yeah, last half yeah. hour, but I. I can't ever remember us on this well, show not comparing us. them. I'm talking about yeah, like just people comparing on them athletic-wise. Like there is no comparison. Yeah, but I want to talk to you, Pete, uh, about a a topic that has been Central Iowa here over the last week, and, and it was about a month ago as well. Um, the pool reporter. Okay. Now this doesn't mean a lot to a lot of fans on the surface, but I think it will when we get to talking about it because it has to do with officials, accountability, what is the case, what should be the case. We're going to tackle that issue next here on Cyclone Insider with 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. All right, guys, welcome back. Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch join me here. It's a What Your Whistle Wednesday at El Bait Shop. Ross came up with that. It's pretty catchy. So I wanted to talk to you, Pete, to use your experience uh, being a pool reporter. Mm-hmm. A pool reporter, for those who don't know, this came into controversy with Iowa over the weekend and with Iowa State back at that Kansas State football right. game. When there's a questionable call in a game that needs further explanation, a reporter can suggest or request that the spe- specified reporter who works with officials Asked about it, correct? Is that is that an accurate way of describing it? You're close. Okay. Um, you the if a reporter has a question about a play, about a call, but it doesn't deal with judgment. In other words, why did you call that pass interference, or why did why did why was that holding interpretation? Or, yeah, it, judgment. Yeah, <clears throat> anything anything that deals with judgment, those that's off. They that, wipe that's that out of bounds. Okay. Yeah, you can't. You can't. No. You can only ask about interpretation. I want to, like, for example, yeah, for example, at the at the Kansas State game, I I put in, a, I asked the Kansas, you go to the sports information director, which in this case is the Kansas State sports information director. I asked the Kansas State sports information director, and granted, it was late in the game. I said I would like an interpretation. I would like, I said I would like to know why the three flags were picked up. Okay. And then to which. The, the sports information director said, "Well, you can't, you know, they, you're not, you can't ask our question. You can't ask why they called those penalties." I said, "That's not what I'm asking." I said, "I said I'm a pool reporter. I know the rules here." Mm-hmm. I said, "I want to know why they were picked up. That's not questioning judgment. I just want to know why they were picked up. I mean, was it somebody over here that said something? With you know, yeah. the other officials, whatever. And it's tougher this year in the Big Twelve because there's no review. There's no review on site. In years past, in years past, I've been the, I'm the pool reporter at Iowa State." And somebody has requested somebody from from some of visiting media has requested to find out 
you know, the, 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 they get the interpretation of a call. So I had to go down and I had to go upstairs first in the press box and talk to the to the re- person in charge of the review. And then after the game, we had to go down to talk to the official um, together. So, but but now there's 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 not that process, and so I got I wasn't happy with the response that I got at K State because I wasn't questioning anybody's judgment. I wanted to know why the hell they picked up the flags. Mm-hmm. And, Just like all of your readers wanted. Yes, to. yes, and they said, and the response I got was was you can't question a judgment. And by then it was you know I'm not going to argue them because it's, it's, there's nothing you can do. We it's. I've written ad nauseum that officials should be accountable, that we should be able to re- interview them if, in fact, we want to, um, which we can't in, in press conference setting. But so I, I, I took the next step. I went I, that night. I, 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 when I got back home, I emailed the Big 12. I said, I said I've asked, I asked for an interp- for an interpretation of why the flags were picked up, and and fairly shortly after I sent it, about 10 o'clock at night, whatever it was. I said I got the response saying the Big 12 does not comment on officiating. To which I was livid. I yeah, went off. Yeah. I went off. So I sent back. I sent back clips of of Iowa State Kansas basketball. Remember when the officials got two of the three officials got suspended, the, and the Big 12 came out and publicly reprimanded those officials. I said, wait a minute. I said, I said, I said, you guys have in the past commented on the officiating. I said, I'm not questioning anybody's judgment. All I want to know is why the flag were picked up. They said. We don't comment on officiating, and I and I sent him another example when two years ago, whatever year ago, Rhodes' last year, the Oklahoma State game, when yeah, at, yeah. Ames, when the down and distance was all screwed up. Walt Anderson gave me a very good detailed explanation of, of what happened. He's very, very good, transparent. very good, yeah, very good explanation of what happened. And so I explained that to them, and they sent back a deal, and and they didn't even respond after that one. So. So that's essentially what the, what the pool reporter thing is. You, so you were the pool reporter for Texas. Um, the Texas yes, game, where the fumble, fumble, no fumble. the fumble, no yeah. fumble, and they gave you an actual yes in, interpretation. They said, yes, of and that's where we found out, saying. and that's where we found out that they they didn't call it a penalty because the the, the or they didn't call they it didn't a, they didn't call a fumble because yeah. because the forward progress was stopped yeah. or something along those they lines. They blown yeah. the whistle. They blown and the whistle. The yes, exactly. Thank you. That's all I wanted to know. Whether you messed the play up or not, that's fine. Stuff happens. I wanted to know, you know, and they, they gave me the explanation that that they blew they blown the play dead before the before the fumble. I don't believe I'll buy in, that. Yeah, I don't I don't believe in Big Twelve conspiracy theories no. and all that stuff. But when you are not having officials more accountable, and like right. the Iowa situation too, all you're doing is creating that conversation or letting that conversation exist when you don't have officials being uh so you know yeah, I, accountable I about what they're what they're calling what two, they're seeing okay so i have two questions one so chad your guys colleague at the register requested a pool report for um for mccaffrey's two Fran getting tossed the other night he didn't get one because the judgment call thing right right yeah and it looked like uh, yes go yeah. ahead yeah should should officials have to be more accountable? Like, ha- yes. Okay, so you think they should have to like take questions? Like, where like where do you draw a line? Like, where should we be at with this? I guess is mine. Because I I have a little bit of drawback with this. Like, I don't with, with I don't think that we should all be able to put our cell phones in their face and post it all over social media. With you know how fans get when because people are gonna make bad calls, right? But, like, I also feel like the more transparent they would be, the easier their jobs would be, too, because people would understand the game more. And and we've had John Higgins on on this show before. Yeah, yeah. And John John agrees. 
John, you know, he's agreed to that. I mean, he he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're intelligent enough, we're veteran enough yeah. to know what to ask or what not to ask. We're not going to be going there and say, well, why was this a holding or you know whatever. We're you know we're going to ask, um, you know, the the questions that we know can be answered. And I think that officials, basketball, football, whatever. The head, of, the lead official in football, the white hat in basketball, whoever the the head referee is in, in, during that night, they should be. If if we request them to the media room, they should be there. And if and if we ask something that they can't answer, just say it. I think even, and I, I think it's important to just the amount of money in college athletics. Right. Now, like, just the picked up flags. Yes. At Kansas State, I mean millions of dollars i was just gonna say that you know what i'm saying yes. like it's not right that may have and it's gonna change even more when when we when when we legalize gambling in the state of iowa yep. by this time next by by the fall when we like legalize sports gambling man i hope that happens well i'm pretty <laughs> be, sure it will be like the greatest but thing ever pretty sure yeah, christmas will. day every day <laughs> but yeah so <laughs> but i think there does have to be a little rhyme or reason to it because it yeah, would be gotta, like the wild wild west out there yes I I agree, I, and I feel like Randy said. I mean, there's enough professionals in our in our industry that you can we can find a way to do this in a. But it's just like you should a, have a pool reporter ask. It's almost like an official should be made available, or just every to the pool reporter. Yeah, to <laughs> the pool reporter every game. You should be able to compile a list of questions. Yeah. Do you send to the pool reporter? And it'd be much, a lot of more work. A lot of more. Nice, Randy. Um, I get paid to write, not talk. <laughs> it'd be more work for the pool reporter, but but that's part of it. You know, what I what I saw the McCaffrey thing the other night. Yeah, what and did, I, what did you I'm, think I'm, on, I'm totally on the outside looking in now. I'm watching it on TV. Yeah. What I saw the McCaffrey thing reminded me a whole lot of Larry Eustachie. Yeah. Larry came out on the floor. Three, I don't I don't know whether it was all three officials gave Larry the 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 tea at the same time, but two of them certainly did. You get two tees, you're out. Yeah. When Fran came out on the floor, two officials gave well, him a tee. I mean, they were both blowing the tee for coming out on the floor. You got two tees. See you later. And it, and Fran does get treated differently because of his past, right? Did you see that when you covered Larry? Like, did officials? How about and Huggins? Yeah, and, and Huggins. I mean, I think at, so. But you know what I, I'm I saying? Agree. I agree. I agree. When you have a track record of being a guy who's been kicked out of games before, yes. and you get Fran's, I mean, it's like every other week we're getting. Oh, he slammed his fist down on the yeah. score table, or you know, like whatever it is now. Like that's well, it's that's like kind a, of his mo. Yeah, and at one point last night we saw, you know, on back-to-back calls that went against Iowa State on both ends of the court. Uh, there was a timeout on the floor, and Prome just went nuts. It is probably the most pissed off I've ever seen him. But he got a little bit more leeway. That's because that's not his one, deal. You never see Steve Prohm yeah. get that mad. And the odds are the officials were probably thinking, like, wow, Steve is pretty pissed off right now. There might be a little validity to this. Do you think that officiating has deteriorated? Randy? No, I don't. I think it's gotten better. Okay. I, I, do, I, not. I, I, I do not think I it's I thought that that game on Saturday on both sides was one of the worst I'd seen. In okay, but you look at it. Look at it like this. And I may be 100% wrong the on two this. worst teams in the league. Thank you. Yeah. There, you no, you, I you get it. finished my sentence. Yeah, yeah exactly. I that, get it. No, that's what I'm that, – and that was fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yes, exactly. You've got the two worst teams in the conference. Um, you've got on a, on a Saturday when everybody's playing – um, NFL playoffs are on. Well, yeah, that. But but you, you've got a Saturday. Yeah, I know. It's playoffs started already. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Um, but when's the Super Bowl? Um, 
but yeah, you've got you've got everybody in the Big 12 playing, so you've got yeah, I get your it. your top officials are going to be at your better games. Yeah. I mean, and I that just, may be 100% wrong, but that's just the way I think. I do think, and we got to get to a break here, yep. but I think that there's a theory out there. This is where I end up on it, and I agree with you. Uh, people think that officiating's worse now, but it's just because they're reading about it and on Twitter and right. fa- like there's just a way for these diehard fans to be able to like vocalize that. Where in 1995, like the co- same calls were being made, exactly. it's just that people didn't dwell on it for. Just so much, so much easier to see the mess ups too. Yeah, so many different all the angles. Replays. Everybody can yeah. break it down now. That's interesting. I could have talked about that for an entire show. All right, uh, we'll get Iowa Higgins. We'll get Higgins. Yeah, sometime. we got to do that and talk to him about it. It'd yeah. be awesome. Uh, we'll do a little Iowa State football news next here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. As we wrap things up, uh, we'll go to go up to Ames. Uh, Bill Finley's Iowa State women's basketball team taking on Kansas State tonight. You can hear that here on 1460 KXNO. A couple of quick football notes. One, uh, some news that's just going across Twitter right now. Uh, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN reporting that Baylor head coach Matt Rule has uh, interviewed with the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. Very interesting. He does have an NFL background. He spent a lot of He's time. He's the with, offensive line coach with Tom Coughlin yeah. at the at the Giants. Uh, so that's it. But his team did win one game last year, which I think you have to know. But man, like, I don't think you can judge Matt Rule on that one year at Baylor with everything that he. Speaking of Baylor, I mean, can you believe that they, they Art Bryles was on the the, no. the agenda, <laughs> itinerary, agenda itinerary, whatever it was to speak. That. Oh my gosh! Could not oh believe my that. golly! And then Todd Berry sends out a statement, almost apologizing because they banged him. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, yeah. It, this the whole thing was so tone deaf. Yes, I didn't understand it. Um, but yeah, so that's something. Key. The, what that does tell you, though, it's like why would a recruit go to Baylor right now? Yeah. Like if no. this guy clearly doesn't want to be there. Right. He's interviewing for a job a year after getting it. So. That's bad deal for him <laughs> if he doesn't get if that doesn't job. Get job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then second, Tommy, uh, Brian Peavy coming back for his senior season? Yeah, I mean, good news for Iowa State, good news for um, that secondary. I mean, I kind of had my doubts about whether or not Brian Peavy would come back, even with whatever recommendation the NFL gave him. And he even told me yesterday, he said, look, he could have gone – as early as the fifth round or as late as the seventh round. And even with that information, he said it was tempting to walk away. I just, from, I've, I've talked to Brian a lot over, you know, the last couple of weeks leading up to the Liberty Bowl and felt like I had a pretty good grasp of who he is. And I think given everything Brian had been through from losing at Iowa State to the coaching change and all that stuff, I think, once he got to a bowl game and all that stuff, I think he was just like, hey, if, if there's a reasonable shot to go to the NFL, I'm going to go. And I think somebody probably convinced him, hey, go out, have another good year, and you could improve that draft, that draft stock. The corners next year at Iowa State are going to be really good. Between him, I mean, that's uh, to me, the other big news that kind of flew under the radar PV said that DeAndre Payne was going to be back too. And Anybody really thought he was going? I don't know. No, I mean, no, you, I, didn't, you I never, didn't think PV was going, but you never know for sure. No, I mean, I those. I mean, I mean, 
that that's going to be a strong part for for Iowa State next season. It will be because those guys, yeah, and those those guys need another year. I mean, PV got burned. To me, in I, the last three or four games, I kind of, I kind of, I mean, he was, he got burned. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. I kind of look at it as, I don't, I don't know how much more PV can really do. I mean, outside, he could be more consistent. Outside of probably testing really well. I mean, I think at this point, what you see with Brian PV is probably what you got well, with he's, him. He's got the size issue. Yeah, and that's not going to change overnight. No, that's not going to change in general either. But he is a hell of a cover I mean, corner. And, I mean, if you yeah. do that pro football focus stuff, I mean, he's one yeah. of the best. It seems just quit throwing in his direction. Yeah. You know, at times. I mean, which now, I mean, you kind of went into the season kind of wondering, man, maybe the secondary could have some question marks if PV didn't come back. Con Moya gone, Reggie Wilkerson, uh, you know, gone, Everett Edwards. I mean, there were some legitimate question marks, but now with him and Payne coming back, those are good signs. Good stuff. Thanks for the show, fellas. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to El Bait Shop for hosting us tonight. Iowa State women now taking on Kansas State. That's coming up here in a half hour, but we'll go up to Hilton Coliseum right now for a little pregame with Rich Fellingham. I believe Molly Parrott will be on the call with him as well tonight, Cyclones and Kansas State. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 6 with the Morning Rush here on KXNO.